Welcome to Make That Paper, the show where we talk about all the crazy jobs we do to make the cash we need to pursue our artistic dreams. And for elaborate holiday decorations. Deck them halls, y'all. Today, we are discussing the booze-serving sitch, the camera commish, and then we are heading down to Clown Town for a chat about the old balloon bending biz. We are your hosts, Jamie Parker Stickle. And Jason Bieber. And today, we are speaking with an incredibly talented actor, improviser, photographer, and yes, clown. You've seen him on all the best shows on television, including a recurring role on the HBO hit comedy, Barry, and as a part of the NCU, that's Nickelodeon Cinematic Universe for you non-parentals out there, in our kids' favorite superhero shows, The Thundermans and Henry Danger. Bring them back. Bring, bring them back. back. Bring them back. We are thrilled to have him here. Please welcome to the show the equal parts funny and friendly, Justin Baker. Yeah. Hi, guys. Justin Baker's here. I wish Hello. we had the live studio audience to be clapping right now. Can we put that yeah. sound effect in? Some, can we do some canned laughter when I come out? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then friendly clapping. Is he's friendly right. and funny? Friendly, funny. Okay. Yes. I have so many questions, but first I want to remind everybody that um, it, we had somebody on the show named Mirage. You'll remember from season two. And mm -hmm. um, Justin is dating her. Justin's dating my friend Mirage. Hot guys, yeah. you guys. Hot, also, hot, hot This gosh. is true. This is very What's, true. Um, I want to talk to you a minute about training detectives because, you know, I want to be a detective. I write detective books. Um, I am obsessed with getting my detectives license, but I don't think that's what you're doing. Are you training people to be detectives? Well, before no. you answer, Justin, I'd like to just, yes. what you wrote is train detectives. So yes. while Jamie understood that to mean that you are training detectives, presumably- You assumed I was a trained detective. I assumed that you were working on a train as a detective. As a detective? As a detective? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is that what it is? You work yes, on a train I, as a detective? Yes. I, uh, yes. Agatha Christie wrote a couple of books about me. Um, I'm very famous. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm basically known as the train detective. I love your work. I don't. Yeah, yeah. No, yes, I, I go down to San Diego uh, about once every other month. And Do you travel I play, by train? I, I don't. I should. Uh, I drive. It's I pretty expensive my mileage, to take so. a train down. It yeah. is, but it's a lovely ride. It's beautiful but it's so view. nice. I wish we had a bullet train across this country so bad. Like, we mm. need to have light. It's Me? ridiculous. It's a very young country. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, so you so you travel so you travel to San Diego yeah and, you... and then I play a witness on one day and I play a suspect on another day and detectives practice their questioning and their interrogation skills yeah there's like a, a a system that they use um that I've been training since 2004 so wow. at this point uh I don't think I can ever get arrested because I'm pretty sure I can just get out of it but um I will say, if you're ever arrested, the only things you need to say are, I want a lawyer. I don't care if you're innocent, guilty, whatever. Just say, I want a lawyer. They, yeah. They're very clear in the Miranda rights. They're like, anything you say can and will be used against you. They don't, they don't even hide it. It's not like, might be no. used for you. No, they're like, it's going to be used against you, anything you say. So right. just say, even I want compliments. Even just yeah. telling them they're, like, they're, they're, their uniforms make them look spiffy. Yeah, and they'll be like, You're going he said, down. my uniform made me look spiffy. Clearly, he's guilty. Guilty. Clearly, he was yeah. trying to butter me up mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. he's guilty, right? Yes. Yeah. So, it's so yeah, so I get interrogated for like five hours on a Friday, and I get questioned Ooh. for like five hours on Thursday. Is that like um, is it, does is, it feel intense? Does it feel like they're like, they're really coming down on you? Do they do good cop, bad cop? Well, so it's interesting. So the process that, and in fact, it's weird because you can you can watch it. Like I've seen, because Mirage loves watching case and trial and stuff like that and interrogations. So like you can yeah. YouTube all these interrogations and it's really? interesting to see a lot of them use the techniques that I've been learning basically for the last, you know, I don't know how many years now. Um, and it's so, it's weird. It's, 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 it's a lot more like, I call it like good cop, good cop, good cop, bad cop, good cop. Because the whole um, process is like, it's all about rapport. Um, it's all about like becoming best friends with 
you know, the person, even if they're gross and they've done horrible things. It's like, it's like uh, understanding, you know, coming yeah. from that place of like, I understand, I understand. And then they ask a bunch of these uh, questions that aren't actually eliciting responses, but they just ask these questions to build up tension. Mm-hmm. So they build up tension. And then they have this thing that I call the Columbo, where they get up and they start to leave the room and they go, oh, uh, quick question. Is there any reason why we would have found your DNA at the scene of the crime? I'll be right back. And then they leave. And then that person's like stewing in that. And then they come back mm-hmm. in and they're like, they start, you know, you know they want to answer and they're like, no, stop. We're past that. I know you did it. Okay. What I want to know is why you did it. Okay. And they're like, stop, stop. And I was like, I didn't do it. Stop. We're past that. And that's like the bad cop. It's like assertive and like whatever. And then they're like, here's why I think you did it. I think, you know, you just needed some money. Times are hard. I get it. You know, everybody makes mistakes. It's not like you killed somebody. You just robbed this little old lady. Like it's not the crime of the century. Um, You just took some bingo money. It's not a big deal. And then they'll be like, is that, that's, that's what happened, right? Is that the way it went down? That's, that's basically what happened, right? And then they're like, yeah. And they're like, okay, tell me about it. And then that's it. And then they, and then the best part is the follow-up where they get this, they ask for like, you know, she's really scared. She's like, she's, she's really shaken up. She feels like she was targeted and that you're going to come back for her. Would it, would it be possible? Could you maybe write her an apology letter? Like just saying, you know, that you're sorry for what you did. And then you've got a written confession. She's never even sees the letter. Does she? No, no. She never gets that letter. Wow. A lot of jokes about this and a lot of questions. Number one, this is a lot like parenting. And I and like while that sounds funny, it's not. Like I feel no, like we yeah. just went through this this weekend with my son. Like I will say, um at four feet one inch, there is five, four, five little fingerprints of like red sauce on the wall. And I'm like, Jack, did you do this? And he's like, no. I didn't do that. Meanwhile, the only person who eats spaghetti is you. Um, and I'm like, okay, no problem. Do you think dad did it? Yeah, dad definitely did it. Right. Dad's six feet tall. Okay. This is exactly what happened this weekend till finally I said, I know you did it. You're the only one that's four feet, one inch tall. It's your fingerprints. And then he's like, okay, I did it. And then I'm like, now go apologize to your father. You know, it's the same goddamn thing. And I'm not even being funny. And that's scary because that means parents can be detectives just like that. that. It does, but I do see some 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 variation in the technique. And I think we do need to like really- Mother's guilt. Mother's guilt. Yeah, you get, no, no, you gotta guilt. get that. You need moms that, in there. Well, and they do that one too. So at the beginning, when they're doing rapport, they have this, they call it the PHQ, which is a personal history questionnaire, which uh-huh. is again, filled with like information that they already have. But they ask her like, you know, What's your full name? Can you spell it out for me? And then they start to build rapport. And like, that's, it's interesting because like, I'm, I'm always like teaching detectives how to do rapport because there's this whole like cop, like witness, cop, suspect, cop, whatever, versus like person, person. And it's like, okay, guys, you just need to, you just need to talk to somebody. That's it. Like, just talk to them like they're a normal human being. And that's how you like learn stuff. But like, they'll ask, you know, you know, how's your relationship with your, you know, what's, how, are your parents still together? Da, da, da. And then they might find out, oh, you have a close relationship with your mom. And then later, whenever they're doing the theme building for the, the, you know, the catching them in the thing or whatever, then they might use that be like, what would your mom think about this? You know, yeah. I mean, you guys are really close. And what would she, what would she say if she found out that you were, you were taking bingo money from little old ladies? Like would that, would she be okay with that? I mean, I don't think that's what you want. I mean, that's 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 not what you want, is it? No, I mean, I mean no. How how does uh, uh, an actor from mm-hmm. Oklahoma mm-hmm. Uh, find his way into the uh, detective Craig, station in San Diego? Yeah, is this Craig. a Craigslist um, gig? It's it's very weird. Uh, it's not a Craigslist gig actually. Uh, so when I moved out here initially, uh, I found a bunch of of all things, Nebraskans. Um, and I became friends with a bunch of Nebraskans out here. And there's actually a group called the Nebraska Coast Connection that like meets monthly. And it's a bunch of artists that are from Nebraska that came out here and, and you know, somebody created this group. And so I ended up just going. Um, and one of the Nebraskans- They let you in, huh? Yeah, they let me in, which was very nice of them. Um, and 
And uh, in fact, we did a we did a play called Nebraska Bolivian. That was the first like play I did on Santa Ma on Theater Row over there at the uh, the Santa Monica um, you know Playhouse area. Um, and so one of them was asked by this girl whose father is a detective, who's one of the main detectives, to find somebody. He couldn't do it, so he passed it on to me, and I just never left. I just kept doing it because it was it paid really well, and it was like an interesting thing. I've brought down probably a dozen actors to this now. I mean, every so often, if I if I can't do it, I post something on Facebook, and I'm like, hey, looking for actors to do this thing, and I usually just send somebody down to do it, and so um, you let them know they have yeah. to be method, right? You must be a method actor. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, you have to have actually robbed somebody mm -hmm. to do this job. It's okay um, if you haven't yet, but before you but get before to the you station. Get down there. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, and so Mirage goes down with me. She does it with me now. Um, uh, and yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, it's 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 just it's kind of a fun gig. And I find it's funny how so many actors love doing it. Like they really like this is so yeah. fascinating. And it it is cool. I've been doing it for 18 years. So it's lost, I guess, a little bit of the the thrill aspect of it. It's more of a job. But I mean, and I and it's funny because I get all the time, almost all the cops are like, man, he was so hard. He was so hard. Like he didn't want to talk and did it. I'm like, yeah, like, especially on Friday, it's so funny how many of them are like, he didn't give me anything in rapport. And I'm like, because you didn't ask anything, one. And two, I'm arrested, dude. Why would I? I'm not your friend. Like, that's not how this works. Do they coach you before going in like, hey, let him get to, because so we've had a lot of actors on here who do the same thing, but for um, the medical doctors. stuff. Basically, yeah. we, I have, I have a case and I have like a back, like I've got some information on my character. And then I know what the case is, but it, mainly it's about the technique. So I know what the technique is. So I'm looking for, like, if you, if you give good rapport, I will give good rapport back. And if you use the tools in the way they're supposed to do, I can get through an interrogation in 20 minutes if they do it correctly. Yeah. But they usually, especially at that last part where it's like, you're supposed to tell the theme. So many cops are like, so tell me why you did it. And I'm like, I can't tell you why I did it. That's not the tool. Like, right. I'm going to give you a yes. That's all I'm going to give you. And I'm only going to give you that yes if you ask me to give you that yes. So I'll just be stuck there, which sucks because early on I had, I gave up uh, uh, an interrogation too quickly because I had an instructor at that time that liked to give hand signals. And I thought he'd given me a hand signal. And afterwards he came to me and was like, don't ever do that again. This isn't, and I was like, you're right. This is a training exercise. I'm, I'm supposed to be helping these guys learn. And what better way to learn than to fail miserably? Like right. that's- that's just it. So I, I take it, you know, I take it serious. I mean, I have fun with it, but you know, I, I'm not trying to be a dick. I try definitely try and help. Like you can tell the ones that are super nervous and like, I'll try and give little hints if I can, like, I'll like, as the, as the, I'll be like, look, you have all the answers. Why don't you tell me when they're like trying to ask me, but usually that just comes off as confrontational and they're like, no, I want you to tell me. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to. So I guess I'm going to sit here for an hour. Have you ever done any cop shows have you ever gotten to play this no god you put it on your resume though what a waste i don't know that i do i bet i don't know how i would put that on my resume i guess i could put it on a special skills or something or maybe training put it on i would i would put it as a theater work yeah, yeah. Theater oh producer. yeah i guess i could do that yeah yeah, yeah. producers sdpd and uh yeah Director, yeah, whatever hand signal guy is, his name, yeah. Cap, Captain Hand Signals. That's not <laughs> a bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, it's just so funny because it's like such a, it's like it's a, it's a random job that I've been doing forever, and it used to be like we might do like four a year, and now it's closer to like six to ten a year. Um, but it's but it must pay well to drive you know, all the way to San Diego. Yeah, I mean, it, it pays, you know, uh, a few hundred bucks um, and they pay mileage and they put me up in a hotel room. You know, it's a good Amazing. day rate, you know. Yeah. Um, and you get to get away to San Diego. Well, I would like to make a very natural segue from um, training detectives to uh, working at birthday parties. Sure. As a clown. Yeah. 
as a clown or whatever. As a whatever. burglar, have you ever played like the Hamburglar? <laughs> uh, no, but I did when I first started. I was I was characters. Like when I first started doing birthday parties, it was like Blues Clues, Batman, mm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Superman, like all the heroes, Spider Man. We've uh, been to those birthday parties. Yeah, yeah, just, I did. Uh, I will say, don't ever hire an Elmo for your birthday party. There were so many people that hired Elmo. And I'm like, look, Elmo's very cute when he's two foot nothing. At six feet, Elmo's scary. He's a yeah. scary red monster. And mm -hmm. your baby does not want me anywhere near it, okay? Well, um, let us tell you about, so we have a seven-year-old son. And we hired, he wanted a, his birthday's June 1st, but he wanted a Christmas party birthday party so we hired our friend awesome. who's an actor does santa claus and our son after about 10 minutes was like this was his fifth birthday was like that's not santa that's not the real santa and i mean he is good he's a magician um he's on oh, the yeah. show michael cornaccia he's like one of the best in the business and my our kid was just giving him just razzing him so hard oh, and he was like dude. you're mm -hmm. not santa <laughs> He's not, I did. And then we went I, to I, a frozen party and he was like, you're not Elsa. And I thought yeah. the girl was going to cry. <laughs> no, that's, it's so funny. So like I've had, I, I had this one girl who was convinced I was blue from blues clues. And it was the uh -huh. cutest. I'll never forget it. At the end of her party, she was like, right, you're coming home with us now. Right. And I was like, Oh God. Oh, you just stabbed me right in the heart. Oh, you're so <laughs> horrible. And I was like, Oh, I can't, I gotta go to another party. Bo -bo -bo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then, and then I've like, I've got so many stories, like even just, so yesterday, uh, uh, Mirage has a friend who asked her if I could clown for uh, his son's, uh, I think it was third birthday party yesterday. Um, and so I went and, and did it. I don't do a lot of birthday parties anymore, but every now and then I still pull out the balloons. Come out of retirement. Um, and so I went and did it. And there were so many kids. It's so funny how many kids are like, are you a real clown? And I'm like, what's funny is, Technically, the answer, I'm not lying to you when I say yes. I am a real clown. Right. That's how clowns work. I'm a real clown. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, you're not a real clown. And I'm like, I am a real clown. Uh, and they're like, but that's not your real nose. And then I lie to them and say it is my real nose. And I tell them I had a birth defect. And that's why mm -hmm. I had to get into clowning. I also mm -hmm. tell them that my feet are actually the size of my giant uh, clown shoe chucks that I wear. And I'm like, yeah, I've got, I, and they're like, well, how do you get those shoes? I'm like, I have to have them custom built. And that's why I went into this business is because I didn't really have any other options. Um, <laughs> I don't know if kids get it, but I think it's funny. Uh, well, if they're 13, for sure. They're like, this guy is a joke. Oh, I guess he oh, yeah. is a club. Oh man. Yeah. I've had, I've had, I've had 13, 14, 15 year old kids like jump on my feet. Um, I, oh my God. I did a, I did a birthday party for the Baldwins, which was fun where I was okay. Spider-Man um, mm. and, uh, and I remember Elaborate. Alec Baldwin. Yeah. 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 I remember Alec Baldwin came up to me at one point and was like, you know, you're kind of scrawny for Spider-Man. And oh, I was like, in my head, I was like, well, you're kind of big for Alec Baldwin, but uh, I didn't say yeah. it. Uh, but also well, Spider-Man is scrawny. What's he talking yeah. about? He's, he's kind of a scrawny yeah. guy. I was like, this well, and at that point it was just Tobey Maguire. So I was like, so I said, well, we can't all be Tobey Maguire. I'm like, sorry. I don't have muscles. Also, first 20 minutes of the movie, Toby was real scrawny. Yeah. Real scrawny. But also, there's something, okay, so that brings up this thing for me about um, actors who do this in LA, because you're going to other actors, kids' birthday parties, or people in the industry. You're never just going to like a random person's house. One of those people in that house, one of those parents at least is in the industry in some fashion oh, and so we're let all alone, just let alone and we're all like staring at you like the amount of pressure that performer must feel to be like yeah I'm still day jobbing because I haven't booked that role that's getting me out of this day job please don't make fun of me and if you're really famous and in like I better be really fucking good at this because I'm I really hope you come up to me afterwards and say I want to rep you you're so fucking good the amount of pressure when I watch when I watch when I think yeah. in my head <laughs> Jesus but Christ, I, like, I'm going to have an aneurysm. But what's great about it is like, you know, because I, if, I mean, I've, you know, I mean, every job I've done out here, I've got, you know, my photography business, photo booths, I've been at every celebrity's house, uh, 
you know, I was a Kurt, I was a valet. So it was when it was only for celebrity parties. It was like the number one valet company that like traveled to parties. I was a chauffeur. So I drove, I've driven, I don't know, 30, 40 celebrities at this point. And I can tell you who was nice and who wasn't like all these people. But the, the, the thing for me is, and I think it's just because probably my work ethic and the way I was raised is that like, I don't even think about being an actor when I'm doing that stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, none of these people, they just want somebody to do their job. Like, I don't right. want to bother them. I don't want to be that person. If we have a nice conversation and we can be people, that's awesome. I remember like John Stamos was asking me about jokes once on the way to an award show. And I was like, well, I think the second one's funnier. I don't know if he ended up using it, but I was like, cool. I like, maybe I gave John Stamos uh, some help on a joke on his way to an award show. Um but it's just like stuff like that. Like, so, so for me, it's just like, I'm just, I'm just doing a job. I'm just, you know, if, if we meet on a set, I'll have a story, you know, that's my hope. Like my hope is someday I'm on a talk show and I can be like, actually we have met before. You don't know this, but I was this at your, this, or right. I drove you here, or I did right. this. Um, because I that's what this town is. At Starbucks. When I was a valet and you know, the Porsche pulled up, cool. Well, whatever. It's fun. Like I personally, I hate driving Porsche, but whatever. Like, but if a Honda <laughs> pulled up, I was like, I want that. I want the Honda yeah. because that person Same. understands tipping and I get it. Rich people don't get rich by giving away their money. That's not how rich works. Um, but you know, and, th and there are some celebrities like, oh my God, like Jack Black. I saw him get off a plane. Like he'd been on like a 14 hour flight or something like that. I saw him tip every single person that helped him. Then I took him to the car. He was on the phone the entire time. So we didn't really get to chat, but he was talking to his agent about something, blah, blah, blah. But we get back to, and it's also a weird thing. Like, I like, you know, they give you like their gate code. Like I had people's like cell phone numbers in my phone. And I'm like, this is weird information mm -hmm. to just give somebody, but I have it. Um, and so, but like I dropped him off and he tipped me very well and he was very nice. And I was like, I can already tell you're a stand-up guy. You're awesome. You've come from what you came from. You know, under you understand. You great. Um, and then I've had some celebrities that I won't talk about right now necessarily that were just right. the worst, like just the worst Same. human beings ever. And it's like, look, man, I I get that I'm doing a job to serve you, but I am not your servant. Like I'm not. Like I'm I'm completing right. a task that I have to get you somewhere or to do something for you. And all I ask, I don't even ask you to be nice. I don't ask you to go above and beyond. I just want you to be normal. Like I, I did extra work for three years when I first moved out here. And I was oh. 18 to look younger background on every single show from like 2003 to 2006. You can see me. Me too. So many things. Well, what? No, I did it for, I did it for a year and I was, I was the same 18 to play younger. And I did background. For I like how you guys both like just and, throw that in um, there. Yeah. We we probably worked together. I mean, um, I don't want to brag about how youthful I looked, Jason, but I looked very young. Yeah. Um, and I was definitely I, not 18. I understand why you had to grow the mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that I could get into that dad category. So it came time to put baby in the corner. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, we might have worked on the same shows. That's funny. That is funny. I, I'm imagining you guys at like a beach party scene somewhere, just like bouncing it back oh, and dude, forth. I remember uh, the movie Accepted was one of my favorites because we were there for a week and it was like, <laughs> it was shot out of an asylum, an old asylum. It was really weird in the valley. Terrifying. And uh, it was like, you know, it was, it was, I mean, the whole point of the movie was like, it was a weird college party, you know, it was like a fake college that, you know, uh, he made up to tr trick his parents. So like, we would just, we played spades and board games. And then like, we hung out, like there was a swimming pool scene. So like, we'd go just swimming. And I was like, I get paid to do this. This is stupid. Like, hey, and, you know, it, it was, it was 54 for eight back then though. Cause it was yeah. non-union. Uh, and it was like, okay. And you're like, oh, I hope I get that smoke bump. Oh, I hope I get that, that water bump. Oh, I hope I get that food bump for, I hope we go 15 minutes over lunch. I hope, you know. I was just like, as long as I don't get cut at eight hours, this is a great, if we can get to a 12 hour day, awesome. I'll stay here all day long. And it was what my favorite thing about doing extra work when I first moved out here was that 
it was like it was a great way to meet people that were like-minded and friendly and it's how i made my first core group of friends because when you're stuck on set with somebody for 12 hours you can talk it's like school you know but it's like my favorite joke about uh i've got a my favorite jesus joke you know what's jesus's greatest miracle having 12 good friends in his 30s <laughs> like it's it's tough whenever you know we we get to this point like it's hard to make new friends and so that was it was kind of like an extension of college sort of a little bit i did not have the same experience oh i'm sorry but that's lovely that's a, like old people who had been like retired or tried to be an actor and it never worked out so that they were oh no there was and i was it, playing their kid usually and like a I was yeah, never, there was, I mean, there were some, that many people. there are weird people doing background. Like we, we would call yes. them. It was funny. We had a thing where it would be like, even though we were background, we would be like, oh, great. It's fucking extras. Cause it was like that. And we'd had this thing where we were like doing this, like we were looking into the back of the files at central casting, uh -huh. looking for somebody at the last minute. Uh -huh. It was like, oh, great. Um, Cause yeah, there, there are, it's, it's a weird world. There's also a lot of people who do it like with no aspiration of doing more than extra work. Yeah, or that's yeah. the job. Well, I mean, that's, especially if yeah. you can get commercial, like if you can get with like, you know, Sandy Lisi or like, you know, one of the big commercial ones and your union and like you, I mean, I, those guys are driving Mercedes Benz. Like they're making six figures here because they can, a lot of times, especially if they got lucky, they got like my third voucher to join the union. I got bumped up to principal on a promo. And it was like, cool. So I got all this extra money. If you get bumped up on a you know, national commercial because you just happen to be in the right place at the right time, you didn't even audition for it. I'm like, it's not a bad life. I mean, it's yeah. not my aspirations, but like, you know, go for it. Yeah, yeah. And we should tell people because we have a lot of Midwesterners that listen to the show. Um, it is boring. So if you're somebody who likes to be active, <laughs> extra work is just a lot of sitting around doing nothing. In, in all fairness, in all fairness, being a principal actor in a show yes. or a movie or a commercial yeah. also, also entails a lot of sitting, sitting around, around doing nothing. But I beg to differ because you're also getting in the state of mind and you are going over lines and you're a lot of in the hair chair and in the makeup chair and in wardrobe. I mean, there's, you know, no, no it's definitely no. more work, but there's also, yeah. there's plenty of a times that you're sitting in your trailer for six yeah. hours. Like I did an M&M right. spot yeah. and they shot two spots at the same time. And so one was like the entire cast and it was like Danny DeVito. And it was like, they all did this whole thing. And then the last bit was me and Danny DeVito by ourselves. And so I sat there in the trailer for 12 hours until finally they brought me in to shoot my thing. So, yeah. And, um, and by the and way, another, ever since COVID, they, you really do. They make you stay in your trailer. Like there is no social area. You've got to yeah. stay isolated and all that. So it's, it's even yeah. more boring. Yeah. And they don't yeah. give you the Wi-Fi password. But I mean, I will say this, I, I doing extra work, there were definitely times I felt bored. I don't think that I've ever felt bored booking something no. because I'm no. so excited about the yeah. fact that exactly. I booked something that like, yeah. I'm I'm like, I, even if I'm just sitting in a trailer, I'm like, yeah. I have a trailer. I have my own trailer. Yeah. I take photos in it. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm in a trailer. Look what I got. There's a, <laughs> a tiny 12 inch TV screen over here. There's AC in here and they're pumping in some music. Life is good. I'm right next to the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. It's so, it's 100% different. Oh, it's the best feeling in the world. Background work at some point, you're just like, God, I hope they don't ask me to go stand on set now. I finally got comfortable in this folding chair for Christ's sake, you know, like oh. it's, you, the, Dude, and then it was funny. I like know. I had so many friends who like, you know, would catch me in background stuff and be like, oh my God, why didn't you tell us you were on it? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. And I'm like, did I say anything? And they're like, well, no. And I'm like, that's why I didn't tell you it's a day job. Like, do you tell me about your day job? Like, right. I, I like, I appreciate, I think it's cool. It's a cool day job for some people, mm -hmm. but like, it was a job. Like, yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't me book. Like I, I shout from the mountaintops when I book something, I'm like, hello, everybody turn to this mm -hmm. channel at this time and watch this show. I will be on it. Even if it's only for a split second, they might've cut my lines, but here you go. 
I did background work on ER uh, nice. as a comatose patient. And I literally had like, it's my character's name was Ted Cunningham. Uh -huh. uh, the doctor and my mother have an entire conversation over me. <laughs> and, and I'm like, how is this background? And then ironically, cut to 2020, when I got back to LA, I booked a pilot for Chuck Lorre for um, his Be Positive. And I mm -hmm. booked it as the, the husband, the groom in a, in a wedding scene. And I don't say anything. And it's me and the best man are both principal. And then we have two more groomsmen that are both extras. And I'm like, I don't understand this situation. Oh, I'm yeah. not going right. to complain. Thank you for this money. I'm so happy to have it. But right. how is, I did more, I feel like, as Ted Cunningham with a trachea hole in my neck than I did as this groom. And one of these is background, and one of these is a principal. Right, right. Well, that, that just, slides also, I mean, that slides up as well. Like Jamie just did a audition for a co-star. I was going to say, I, just, I auditioned yesterday for a co-star, but it's recurring in the first, they had me just audition with the first episode, and I have on so many pages and it's a co-star and I'm like but there's so many lines I don't care but it's just about pay it's just about yeah. budget it comes down to money right yeah totally. I don't it's care so I'll weird. do it for free I'll do it for right. free I'm now a professor I'll do it for free and remember Mindy Kaling and 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 uh all of them they were they were co-stars in the pilot of the office as well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh yeah that's that's crazy call, yeah. call me an extra give me the lines pay me nothing call me you know a friend oh dude that's my favorite like my, my manager asked me whenever he booked me the the uh the non-speaking co-starks that's what it was mm -hmm. like I, it was so funny because i had to i showed up it was three days i showed up to a table read where i didn't say anything i was like <laughs> okay right. you guys are paying me to come sit here with the cast for some reason but yeah. awesome um but i remember he's being like you know are you cool with doing a non-speaking co-star and i'm like sax i love you man I'm going to say this one more time and I want to make sure it's very clear until I get to a point that I have work that's canceling other work, like that we have to choose between one show and another show. I will always, always rather be on set than doing anything else possible in this world. I love doing a lot of things, but I will never love anything more than being on set. So yes, I want to do this. And I, I didn't even have to yeah. audition. It was great. I literally booked a co-star, which is the first time I've ever just booked off a headshot. I was like, That's great. this is awesome. I didn't yeah. have to do anything. That's uh, in fact, he was like, I think they want you, but and I read the email and I was like, Sax, I think I'm booked. Yeah. And he was like, what? And I'm like, if I'm reading this email correctly, I think I've already booked this gig. And says yeah, the client to his agent. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, but that's funny because um, I feel like that happened to you too, Jason. And, and we were like, what? Uh, what was that show that it happened to you on? And also, did you just spill on your Bear Jew t-shirt? It did. did big sip of water. Most of it didn't get to my mouth. There was this uh, okay. there was a tipping point in the bottle that happened before, you know, prior to contact with lips. And um, yeah, but yes, I think that also did happen to me uh, when, with good trouble. Um, yeah, good trouble. That was it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we were like, the, I think wardrobe was calling you before you had gotten the offer. Yes. Wardrobe come in tomorrow at eight a.m. and you were like, for what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Sure. Sure. I'll be there. Sure. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about another job you did because I think we may have worked for the same uh, company. Um, it says here you spent a little time selling knives. Uh, are you talking about the spatula spreader and how that tang is all the way through the knife and the rivets yep. are flushed? Yeah, flush kitchen cutlery. Talk about Cutco. Talk about working for uh, Vector I love Marketing. Me some Cutco. Ah, oh, it was so good. What's funny is, is I didn't know that Cutco was a like a parent, like a marketing, like an MLM. Vector like, marketing. I didn't know that. Like oh, yeah. when I first started, you know, and they they got me when I was, I think just into college or just before college. Mm -hmm. And they had that whole pitch where it was like, tell people that you're doing this for college and da, 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 yeah. da. And I was like, okay. And I, it's funny, I was at the state fair 
uh, back in August up in Sacramento doing a gig and Cutco was there. And so I walked by the booth at one point and I looked at this guy who's selling Cutco and I go, oh man, Cutco. And he was like, you know us? And I was like, no, you bro. I used to sell you. I was like, and I started talking about all that stuff. I was like, oh, look at that. It's so beautiful. Ergonomic handles. Mm-hmm. And I still, I could sell Cutco today because I, I could tell those knives. I've got Everybody a scar on did. my thumb from Cutco. <gasps> yep. I, I chopped right through my thumb and that ooh, is it was my- bad. My biggest sale, my biggest sale was cutting right my right through my finger by accident. There you I go. Thousand dollar set of knives because I didn't even mean to cut my finger off. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, what my problem was, and it's so funny because it's it's been slightly a problem of mine most of my life, and I, I, it's a little bit better now that I'm in feast and famine. But like at that point, I didn't need money. Like I didn't mm-hmm. know about money. I was, I had a full ride to college. I was very fortunate. Wow. I was gosh. like, you know, I, I had to get a job, you know, and I had jobs like, you know, mm-hmm. at that point, but I was like paying for everything, but I was like, I would do Cutco and I would, I was so good at it. I would sell like one yeah. out of every three presentations. I was like yeah. one out of three presentations. I was selling get a full ride to college. Uh, I'm SMRT. <laughs> so <laughs> wicked smirks. Wicked SMR. smirt. SM. Oh, 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 God. I, that's I how know. dumb I am, apparently. No, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I uh, I stayed in state. Um, I went to uh, University of Central Oklahoma in uh, Edmond, Oklahoma. Uh, at the time, they were kind of the best known for their theater department. Um, and that's what I was going for. Um, so I got a small scholarship for acting. And then I had a full academic tuition scholarship based off of my um, ACT scores and my GPA. So um, I just, you know, I didn't have a full, like I didn't have full room and board or anything like that. Like I I had to pay to live in an apartment, you know, $250 for my room in an apartment at that time. Uh, If anybody (laughs) remembers the days when we could afford to live in apartments. Um, But uh, yeah, but you've got so no skin I, in this Biden game right now with this. With oh, the no, no, I, I took out one student loan and it was the summer that we were we took a um, trip to London to study theater for a month. Uh, mm. And I was like, you know what, I'd like to just have some extra spending cash in London. So I took out a student loan <laughs> for I think like like fifteen hundred dollars or something like that. And I remember it was and even that it was like probably year three of being in LA before I finally paid it off, maybe year four, because I was paying like $20 a month. And I was like, mm-hmm. at this interest rate, why do I give a care? And, uh, and eventually it was like, sweet, I, I paid it off. And I was like, I paid off my one student loan. Um, so yeah, so I lucked out. I, I, I graduated and I didn't, but then again, I also got a BFA in theater. Like, uh, you know, it's not like that degree has helped me in any way, shape or form. I've never had a single audition where they're like, Oh, I see here you have a BFA in theater. Mm. Well, well, well. From the prestigious UCO, I even. Uh, so. Well, you funny. don't know. I, they they could be thinning the pile before you. They could in. be. They could be. Uh, and it was funny. The BFA program actually, I was the first class to graduate with a BFA. They added the BFA program my senior year, and it was like I had to take one more class. And I was like, I guess I'll take that class. Oh yeah. I'll get an extra letter. Because they hadn't built out the whole program yet. So it was all yeah. the BA classes plus like two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So you're 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 at university. You are you don't really need money, but you how do you how do you stumble upon the good people at, at Cutco? So I don't even know. Are you part of someone's I, downline? I well, see, I don't even remember. I don't know. All I remember is having my notebook that had my warm leads because they were all about warm leads. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's funny now talking about that stuff and actually understanding cold and warm leads because at that time I didn't understand any of that. Uh, and I remember it was mainly all of my, I was in, I was big in church at that point. Um, mm. So it was mainly the families that all went to church with us. Uh, and I would just call them up and be like, hey, you know, uh, I've got this thing. You don't have to pay for anything. I just need to come show it to you. And then that's it. And like I said, I would sell like one out of three. And then when I made that money, because it was really good money, mm-hmm. I would be like, okay, well, I guess I don't need to do this for a while. And then I wouldn't do any. 
for like a month, maybe like two months. And then I would run out of money and be like, okay, well, I guess I'll go sell some knives again. And then I would do that instead of like doing it consistently for like three months and maybe saving up enough money to like buy a car or something like saving was just never even occurred to me. I mean, I was never, I was never raised well with money. Like my parents were both very hardworking we're, we were a middle-class family, you know, we had a, a, a one bed, you know, not a one bedroom, we had a, a one story house, um, you know, what was like three bedrooms um, and, you know, a backyard in Oklahoma, Yukon, Oklahoma. Um, I was a latchkey kid, you know, I walked home every day from school to get home in time to see, you know, Disney afternoon and uh, tailspin and all that. And then, and then, yeah, I would just, uh, I was, I just didn't need money. And so like, in fact, my dad apologized to me once a few years back where he was just like, I'm sorry, I didn't teach you that. And I'm like, it's not your fault. You didn't know. Like, I mean, back then it was, I'm supposed to go to college because everybody's supposed to go to college. Once I get out of college, I'm going to get a house. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids. Da, 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 da. I chose to go to LA, but even then I still thought, well, eventually I'll be able to get a house. And like now I'm like, I don't know if that's, I, you know, at this point it's like, I, I'll have to have, you know, a wealthy family member pass away if that's even an option or I got a book, I got to book well, something, you know. But we've talked a little bit about the fact that it's interesting that you, it's, you've brought up a couple of times that you came back to LA in 2020. When did you leave? Yeah, well, so I, I, I even left, I've left LA twice. Um, hmm. I moved back to Oklahoma in 2009. Hmm and came back in 2010. And then I went to Atlanta in 2019 to see what that scene was like and came back to LA at the beginning of 2020. I love LA. Even if I don't ever own a house, I love LA. I, I wanna be here. I, I love being here. All of my contacts are here. My photography business does well out here. Like this is it's, home. If, it's if you, home. Like, in yeah, fact, literally came... it's, it's so funny. I moved, when I moved back to Oklahoma in 2009, I pulled into my dad's driveway in Norman, Oklahoma, and I sat in my car for a minute and I go, man, I miss home. And I went, oh, oh, mm, yeah, LA's home. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because I always thought Oklahoma would be home and I just, I lived in LA, but it was like, yeah. no, it was like definitely like LA is my home. Like I, I love Oklahoma. You know, there are parts of Oklahoma I love, there are parts I don't, but it's, it's just not for me. And it, it's tough to explain that to like my family because like, you know, my mom and my brother, they'll constantly talk about, well, why don't you come back here? You know, there's a film industry in Oklahoma now. You should come back here. Like we, you know, we, you can get a house out here. Like you can, you can teach out here. You can do this. And I'm like, can I get Grubhub at 4 a.m.? No, <laughs> I can't. Like that's, that's enough for me right there. Like, I'm just like, I, I, that's, it's just not my life. Also my photography, like out there, I would have to slash my prices and yeah. it's, it's a whole nother thing. Like cost of living is great out there, but I also, it's weird because I make more money out here, but I pay more. So it's like, I don't know if it really would be that different if I moved back to Oklahoma, other than I just don't think I'd be happy. Let's talk about photography for a second, sure. because photography, this is, this is one of those jobs where it is a it is a day job, but it's also an artistic pursuit. And for yes. you, I think it's both. Yes, um, absolutely. How did yeah? How did you get into photography? Did it start as a, a hustle, or did it start as an artistic? So I I had a very good year in 2011, where I had four nationals running, um, nice. and I was a chauffeur at the time, and I was like. I kept going to my mailbox and getting, you know, like $2,000 checks. And I was like, well, why am I being a chauffeur? Like, uh, again, because of, you know, my mentality, I've always had two or three jobs, but I always, I'm very good at making enough. I don't typically make more. So I was like, well, I don't need to, I'm making enough. I don't need more. So I'm not going to do this chauffeur job anymore. And I went and bought my first uh, DSLR, which was a T2i Canon. And I bought the uh, the Nifty 50, which is uh, a 50 prime lens. And I, I'd always liked photography. I'd always had, you know, I, I had like an eye that I thought I could take good photos. But every time I took a photo, it was always with like point and clicks. And, and they never came out like I saw them in my head. 
And I was like, yeah. this, whatever. And so I remember walking outside and I took my first photo of just like a tree. And I looked down at the camera and I go, oh my God, that's it. That's what I see. And I was like, that's awesome. And so I just started taking photos every day. And then I had a buddy who had a going away party. Um, and at the going away party, there was a photo booth company there. Um, and they're called Snap Yourself. And they're great. Um, technically competition with me, but I also work with them. Um, and so I went to them and I said, hey, um, I don't know anything about photo booths, but I'm trying to be a better photographer. Could I get a job as like an assistant? And they were like, uh, you take good natural light photos, but you don't have any flash photography and like photo booths kind of, that's kind of a big deal. And I was like, okay, well, here's the deal. It seems to me, and, and let me know if I'm wrong because this is your company, that you need two things to be a good photo booth photographer. Um, one is you need to detect technical information. And I think I can learn that. And two, you need to have a good personality. And I think that's harder to teach personally. So I think I've already got that. And I think I would be good for you. And he was like, okay. And I got a job and I started doing photo booths. And then, uh, you know, and then I, I started to shoot, like I shot for Getty for a few years because I just, somebody asked me if I wanted to shoot one of the um, film. Um, uh, premieres. premieres. Pre not premiere, uh, where all the films are. Um, Award show? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, like- uh, Oscars? You go- and you watch a film and then there's another festival film. festival thank you i was like where's this word oh, i hate that when a word's just like there and you're like i don't know where it is i know it's it's it's, it's, so, it's somewhere where it's hiding out with your 2020 vision yes right, exactly right. um so i started i shot a few few things for the uh, few free things for them and then i kind of i just sort of reached out to them and was like hey do you guys need another photographer and they were like sure because getty at that point they've changed their model a little bit but at that point it was like you get hired to go shoot something but you don't really get hired it's all free like i would go shoot just any event that they were like hey we've got this event Do you want to go shoot it and i'm like sure and i got to go to a bunch of really cool stuff and shoot some really fun things but then if your photos don't sell you don't make any money so it's mm -hmm. just uh it's just a crap shoot um and and that's why like, you know, you see like photographers on the red carpet and they're always like, look at me, look at me, look at me, because you have to have the eyes to sell the photo. So it. it's all about getting that shot that's going to sell. And then, uh, I mean, I still get residuals, which is kind of cool. Like they're like very small, but like every few months I'll get like 40 or 50 bucks because um, something sold. And every now and then I get like a Google alert that Justin Baker Getty is popped up somewhere. Um, usually if somebody's passed away or some scandals happening or look at who are they are now. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so I just, I, and I, I do, I love photography. I really do. If I, my, my dream life would be that I could act for a living and then I could just take photos for fun. Um, yeah. because I do like taking photos. Um, and it is great to have an artistic side job. And it's been, I've been very fortunate that it has been my primary source of income for the last, you know, few years, many years now, I guess. Um, so it's, it's when good. You went to it's good. When you went to Atlanta, were you, were you shooting in Atlanta too? Or? I, so I, I got, I got on with Getty in Atlanta and I shot a couple of things. Um, and I found one uh, event coordinator and shot a few things with him. Um, but I think, you know, over the year I was there, I shot maybe like a dozen things. I shot some headshots for some friends. Um, I did a couple of like fun shoots. I did a, a fun shoot where I, I did some stuff with like some smoke and a friend. And like, I've got this really cool shot that reminds me of uh, Ophelia, uh, the painting. So it's got mm. this blue smoke that's like kind of going over her. So it kind of looks like water. And so I've, I've got some cool shots from Atlanta. Um, and I did, like I set up my photo booth for like a Halloween party for our improv theater. Um, I was over at the village out there. Um, and so, but I was, I was just, I was doing improv. I was waiting tables at a restaurant and I was occasionally taking some photos. And I was like, I, this and I couldn't get a single meeting with an agent in Atlanta I just couldn't do it and I worked I tried harder than I've ever tried to get a meeting with an agent I wow. did emails from friends at the beginning I followed up with emails from me 
uh, Valentine's Day rolled around. I dropped off cupcakes at a few of them with my headshot wow. and resume. Uh, I followed up with another email that was like, hey, these are now things I'm doing. I was teaching at one of the big theater companies out there. I was on a house team and I was like, I'm doing all this stuff. I don't know if it was just, I don't know if it was timing. I don't know what it was, but I was like, you know, I'm like, you can look at my IMDb. I know these other people that are on your roster. Like I have credits, you know, I'm, I'm not like a list or anything, but I've got more credits than about half your clients for sure. Um, and so when that wasn't happening and I wasn't really, I was still auditioning more in LA than I was in Atlanta while I was in Atlanta. I was like, why am I here? This isn't, and I get it. Like if I'd spent more time, if I'd spent another couple of years, but then COVID happened. So actually it worked out really well because if I'd stayed through COVID, I don't know what would have happened out there. Um, yeah. But it is, it was just like- Grubhub? They, well, my biggest problem with Atlanta was every time I'd order Grubhub or DoorDash or whatever, a lot of times the person would show up at my apartment complex. And I guess they would have like two seconds of not being able to find my apartment. So they would just take my food and leave. Wow. And I'd be like, uh. they didn't deliver it. And they'd be like, they said they did. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not eating it. So no, they didn't. And like, well, do you want to say, you know, and then my favorite is with that's always like, well, do you want a refund? And I'm like, no, you've taken an hour. I, I have to go to work now. I didn't eat. Like, I want more than a refund. You guys have ruined my night. Like, <laughs> just, I don't just want my money back. That puts me back at square one before I ordered from you. Yeah. So let's talk then about bartending. <laughs> It was a great segue, Beaver. Yeah. Where? Well, I mean, it. I, well, okay. Food industry Definitely. related. Let's. It's food industry, but also I. I would kind of. I. You know, you. You would order Grubhub at night. The food wouldn't come, and you had to go to work. I kind of took that to mean you were heading out to work as a. Bartender. As a server and bartender. Right, yeah. and and I General. also I also see some frustration from you on Facebook about the service industry of food. Sure. That, yeah. That was well, so yeah. So my first job, yeah, my first job was uh, I worked in an onion burger place in Yukon, Oklahoma, and uh, I, you know, washed dishes. I served. I cooked. Uh, I would have to cut eight pickle, uh, like the giant pickle uh, jugs worth of onions every morning. Um, and then I would smell horribly. I'd have like yellow under my fingernails. I would come home. My parents would be like, you need to go take a shower. And I'd be like, what are you talking about? I'm fine. And they're like, no, 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 You smell bad. Because like after an hour, your nostrils are just like, no, this is normal. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah. And so from there, you know, like any actor, I, I, you know, waiting tables has always been a classic job for us because it gives us the flexibility to be like, hey, I can't come in this week. Da, da, da. Um, and so I bartended at a few places in Oklahoma, and then I moved out here. Um, one of my first jobs was uh, was serving at a place called Wolf Creek up in Santa Clarita, and I was yeah. living in Culver City. So I was commuting about an hour every day um, because my friend was a manager at that restaurant. And, and bartending jobs and serving jobs, we've talked about this before, are extremely competitive in LA. And they were. One Oh, sure. Right. Well, yes. COVID yeah. kind of changed the game on that. It did. It's, it's crazy. It's weird because it, it was yeah. like that was the thing. It's like back then to get like to have a bartending job, you had to be 22. You had to be gorgeous and you had to have 15 years of bartending experience. Yeah. And I was like, what? Well, it's you, you. I had to start when I was six. I, I missed it. I missed my window. What did I? So. Um, so, yeah, so I was commuting and. Uh, and I remember one of the girls didn't show up for her, her bartending uh, job uh, that day. And so I stepped in. And so I ended up having, I ended up starting to get bartending shifts. Um, and I remember my first thing about waiting tables out here that was crazy to me. It was like, you know, in Oklahoma and in Atlanta, when I was out there waiting tables, you make two thirteen an hour. You, you don't make an hourly wage. Oh. It's not real. Like you, your paychecks are all zero because your tips cancel out all of your paychecks. What do you and mean so, they cancel out your paychecks? Like if you if you made so taxes, taxes uh -huh. take out based on your tips. So when you make two thirteen an hour, if uh -huh. I work for six hours and I make uh -huh. you know one hundred and fifty in tips, then 
my $35 or what, or $20 I made or whatever off of serving gets taken out. With it taxes. all goes to the taxes for, so, for the tips. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so, the, so, hold the whole, so they take the whole paycheck and then whatever you claim at the end of the year, you might have to pay more taxes because you've made more than, you know, you were giving in taxes huh. off of your paychecks. So like it was, I mean, I, you would have like three or four paychecks in the back office and, you know, the boss would be like, Hey, you've got like four paychecks back here. I'm like, do any of them have anything on it? I'd be like, well, no. And I'm like, then I, I don't care. Like, I, what, <laughs> what am I going to do with them? Hang them up? Like that's I don't, like, this is whatever. And so I remember whenever I, I applied at Wolf Creek, uh, my friend was a manager and, you know, and that's always that question in the application, like how much money do you want to make? And I'm always like, that's such a stupid question because I want to make as it. much as you'll give me. I want to make mm -hmm. as much as you're willing to give me to work this job. That's the answer. Um, mm -hmm. And so when he was like, I think it was like 11 at that time, maybe 1150. He's like, so it's 1150 an hour. Okay. And I was like, I'm sorry. Wait, <laughs> do I get to keep my tips? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, I don't understand what's happening right now. Well, how? That's a $9 increase, like from Oklahoma. Like that's insane. And yeah. so I was like, no wonder bartending and serving jobs are so exclusive out here because you're getting a decent hourly wage plus tips. Like that's good money if you're working at the right place. Um, you know, there are bartenders. I know that, you know, you could make $600, $1,000 a night on a weekend night at some places. Yeah. Like it was yeah. just crazy money. Um, and so I was bartending at this wow. brewery um, and just like slinging beer and wine. Um, and then... Uh, ended up leaving there. And then I, I pretty much like left the food industry for a while. Um, and then when I got out to Atlanta, I was like, I, you know, my photography wasn't off the ground yet and I wasn't acting enough yet. So I was like, well, I got to get back into something. So again, I had a friend who was a manager at a restaurant. Um, and I started working there. Uh, the other manager was not a good person. Um, so eventually after uh, working there for about six months, uh, he, he said something and like threw a plate and I was like, dude, I'm not 22. Like, I just, I don't have to put up with this. And especially what I didn't realize at the time, you know, what I did realize at that time was like in Atlanta, getting a serving job was easy because there are a lot of people that are not good servers. Like it's mm -hmm. just, just, and I, and again, I understand, like we're talking about two thirteen an hour. It's, it's hard to motivate somebody for two thirteen an hour. You know, it's just like, you, you get what you get. And so I, 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 like I had a double that day and he was like, um, you want to go on your break? And I was like, yeah. And I went home and about two hours into my second shift, he texted me and was like, Hey, are you coming in? And I was like, no, I don't think I am. Um, good luck with that though. I, I think I'm, I'm done. I talk about all the time. I'm like, if you could bottle the feeling that I get from performing and mm -hmm. sell that, I would mm. be richer than anybody on the planet. Because yeah, you also have, have a been wicked when, addiction. When my legs literally didn't work, and I went to an improv show, and by the time that show starts, I'm doing Irish jigs, and it's like afterwards I got to crawl back into bed. But for that hour, for whatever time that I'm performing, it's just such a euphoria that I'm like, it, you know, it's it's what saved my life when I was a kid. It, like the first thing I did is I made somebody laugh, and that's how I made my first friends. And I was like oh God, this is the thing. This is what I want to do forever. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And that's the note we're going to end it on because that's the high note. <laughs> well, Justin, thank you so much for, for sharing with us about all your job. Thank you for being Absolutely. responsible for COVID. Um, that was <laughs> helpful. Uh, <laughs> glad you were able to uh, yeah, live yeah. for free and yeah, rise yeah. above the water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for taking the time to do this because we know how busy you are how busy life is and we don't make it easy for people we're like show up at 10 a.m on a weekday because that's when our kids at school um so thank you thank you so yeah. much i mean to be fair a monday at 10 a.m is generally a time that i'm not doing anything either so it's good it, for you yeah. pal she showed on monday made love on tuesday on wednesday she was Come around. She wants my money.